Welcome back to To The Point from the Wilson Center's Latin American program. I am your host, Benjamin Gadan. Today, Danielle Zovato, Director for Latin America and the Caribbean at the International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance, joins me to discuss how Latin American governments have managed elections during this pandemic in the world's hardest hit region. Latin America's democracies are in many cases fragile, and COVID-19, which is still spreading rapidly in the region, is straining political systems in many ways, including the most fundamental part of democracy, elections. The Dominican Republic held elections July 5th, but only after rescheduling them from May. Meanwhile, Chile has rescheduled its constitutional plebiscite from April to October, and Bolivia has repeatedly rescheduled its elections, which were supposed to take place in May. The Secretary General of the Organization of American States warned that COVID-19's impacts, quote, pose serious difficulties to the organization of electoral processes, close quote. And the president of IFIS, that's the International Foundation for Electoral Systems, cautioned that mishandling elections during a crisis can drive the long-term decay of fundamental freedoms. Danielle, my question for you is, what is the state of upcoming elections in Latin America, including in Bolivia and Chile? And what's the region's record carrying out safe and fair votes so far during COVID-19? Benjamin, thank you so much for, for your questions. What we are seeing is that the coronavirus crisis is having a huge impact uh, on the health and the sustainability of democracy and human rights. But the pandemic is also having a big impact in the Latin American calendar. All elections that were scheduled to take place during the second quarter of 2020 meaning between April, May, and June, were postponed to the second semester of 2020. Only a few elections took place in the region during the first months of the pandemic. Among them, the repetition of the municipal election in the Dominican Republic that took place on May 15, the election in Guyana in early March, and the presidential election in Suriname in May 25th. But almost all the Latin American elections were postponed, including, as you said in your introduction, the presidential and congressional election in the Dominican Republic and the one in Bolivia. The original date of the first one was May 3rd, and then this election took place only two months after, on July the 5th. In the case of Bolivia, it's even worse. Both elections, at the presidential and at the congressional levels, you have to remember that because of claims of huge irregularities were annulled last October. And then there was a resignation of Evo Morales, a new uh, transition interim government headed by President Añez. There was a new date set by the presidential and, and, and congressional election of Bolivia on May 3rd then has been postponed to September 6th, and a few days ago was again postponed to October 18th. But many other elections were also postponed in the region. Uh, the primaries and municipal election in Paraguay that has been pushed into 2021, the municipal election in Uruguay from May to September, the two local elections in Coahuila and Hidalgo in, in Mexico, the municipal elections of Brazil from October to November, and also the Chilean uh, referendum that has been postponed from April 26th until October 25th. So as you can see, 
huge impact in terms of the electoral agenda, but not only in our region. When we see the data coming out from our database from, from International IDEA, we see that more than 70 elections worldwide has been also postponed because of the coronavirus. Daniel, the concern is not only the rescheduling of elections, though that's certainly problematic, and you've given lots of examples you know, globally and in Latin America, but we've also seen in the region and elsewhere many leaders taking advantage of this pandemic to restrict domestic opposition, including quieting critical voices through emergency restrictions on free speech and so-called fake news about the pandemic in a way to advantage incumbents. So as Latin America prepares for its next super cycle of elections next year in 2021 and the postponed elections you've referenced for this year, the question is whether you have seen leaders in Latin America using this pandemic as an excuse to disadvantage opposition candidates. Yeah, let me, let me split the, the answer in two parts. Number one is the huge impact of emergency legislation and the excessive accumulation of uh, powers in the executive in many countries. A few weeks ago, International IDEA, uh, together with other 70 pro-democracy organizations, more than 500 political and civil leaders from across the world, we adopted a joint statement under the title, A Call to Defend Democracy. And we were affirming that the COVID-19 pandemic is not only a health crisis, it it is also a political crisis that presents a serious threat to the future of liberal democracy. So this is one part of, of the answer to, to your question. And we are seeing that this is taking place not only in, in authoritarian regimes, but also in those countries where uh, leaders were elected democratically and then now are behaving not really democratically. So this is one area of concern that we need to really pay a lot of attention. The second aspect of your question is what's going to happen uh, with this election that remains in the case of Bolivia and with the kickoff of the um, electoral Latin American super cycle? Well, we have to take into account that in this year, the second part of this year, there is at least two countries where we need to watch very carefully. One is Bolivia, for the reasons that I explained earlier. And this election and the continuous postponement of this election uh, is going to increase the already very high polarization and the confrontation between government and the opposition. The second country that we need to, to watch very carefully is the election that probably will take place in Venezuela on December the 6th, that is a parliamentary election. And that if this election takes place with the current rule of the games and with the current electoral authorities, probably the opposition will not participate and the elections will not uh, be democratically because there are not real conditions to have a free and fair election. But in 2021, we kick off a new electoral super cycle with five presidential elections, Ecuador, Peru, Nicaragua, Chile, and Honduras, but also with three very important legislative elections, one in El Salvador, that depending what is going to happen in that legislative election, we need to watch very carefully because we will have to see to what extent this will increase the power of President Bukele that is already having huge problems with the Congress and with the Supreme Court. 
But also we are going to have another two midterm very important elections that are the one in Argentina and the one in Mexico. So all these elections are going to take place in a very difficult regional context with an economy going down, with poverty and, and inequality going up, with high level of informality, and with a, I would say, a situation where the political uh, uh, regional context will be characterized in many countries with high level of polarization and confrontation. So this, these elections are becoming extremely important, and we cannot rule out that many, many um, leaders will try to manipulate some of these elections in order to really continue either in power or, or to facilitate the continuation of the political parties. Because we have to remember that only one out of the five presidential elections re-election is possible. That is the one in Nicaragua. Lenin Moreno cannot be re-elected in Ecuador. Uh, it cannot be re-election in, in Peru. It cannot be re-elected uh, Piñera in Chile. And it cannot be re-elections of Fernandez in Honduras. But probably also they will try to use in some countries, not all of them, the, the pandemia in order to favor their political parties and their continuation to be in power. Daniel, before we conclude, I wanted to very quickly examine another aspect of democracy in Latin America that is threatened and is not related directly to elections. And that's whether legislatures in the region have found a way to operate. And early in the pandemic, the stay-at-home measures and some questions about rules of the game for remote sessions meant that it appeared Latin America was suddenly being governed via executive orders. Is that still the state of play in the region? Well, uh, partially. Of course, it depends country by country. But I would say that the, the pandemia... Uh, and the regulations that were adopted to face the pandemic have affected also the operations of the different branches of government, especially the work of the parliaments and the judiciary. State of emergency legislation gives the executive a significant amount of power, and it is essential that checks and oversight remain in place. Parliaments, for example, have been under strain to operate and conduct the scrutiny of government actions particularly when events require quick reaction and spending. For instance, uh, we saw in many countries that uh, this need to spend a lot of money very quickly increase, uh, diminish the, the level of transparency and increase the level of corruptions. Uh, we saw in many countries this happening. Uh, nevertheless, checks and balance are fundamental to liberal democracy and this is why the, the legislative oversight is essential. What we have seen in the region is that in several countries, around seven, eight countries, uh, they have been using technology as a way to bypass this huge limitation. For instance, many of the congressional commissions in countries like Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, Mexico, and Paraguay have used technology for the congressional commissions. But also, a similar number of countries also, they have been using uh, technology not only for congressional commission, but also for the plenary session of the Congress. And also for the, to discuss and to adopt very important decisions about very important themes, like recently in Chile, uh, about the social pension and the possibility to withdraw 
uh, up to 10% of the funds that every single citizen has, has been discussed in the Congress. Part of the people, part of the parliament were present, part were using uh, technology. There was a debate, everybody participating in a hybrid uh, uh, combination of uh, parliamentarians being present and parliamentarians using the technology in adopting very critical decisions. Moreover, uh, a few hours ago, I was discussing with the president of the Senate, and they have created a, a, a commission to discuss the organization of the plebiscite of October 25th. And there are parliamentarians that, uh, parliamentarians that are present, parliamentarians that are using technology, and a few experts like me discussing over technology. So this is a new way of doing things. Um, it's not clear what is going to be the consequences of that, Benjamin. Uh, to what extent this is going to be more transparent, to what extent this is going to be more democratically, to what extent this is going to be more inclusive. But I think that for the time being, this is what they are doing. And then we will have to reassess to what extent uh, this is something that uh, uh, will continue and under what terms and conditions will continue. Daniel Zovato, Director for Latin America at the International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance, IDEA. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. The next time I will ask you guys to invite me to speak Spanish and I will be brief. <laughs> you got it. Un placer. Un placer. Muchas gracias. gracias. Bye. Ciao. Un abrazo. This episode of To The Point was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. For more on this subject, visit our website, www.wilsoncenter.org LAP. Thanks for listening. Thank you.